Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We were finishing actually the series called When God Shakes My World, or God Shakes Your World, or God Shakes Their World, however you want to title that, When God Shakes My World. Um, and this is the finish this is the finish of this series, but because God is coming with his glory, with his splendor, with his power. He's coming to change things. He's coming to restore things. He's coming to reveal things. He's behind the scenes getting ready for what I call the second act, a sexy second act. Um, I was asking Emily about um, a, a time early on in our marriage where I went to my first professional play, professional play, um, and it was Les Mis. We went to Les Mis. Yeah. Uh, it's short for Les Miserable or Les Miserables. Um, and that was my first play. Uh, it means the miserable ones. <laughs> That's the first place that play I went to. Sounds great. But, but let, me tell you, let me tell you something about that. The first act, the first half of that play, all right, I was... Uh, I was lay miserable. You know why? Because Emily reminded me that we were having an argument yeah. <laughs> early on. We had, there's tension, and we're sitting in this play. I probably didn't want to go, um, not into plays, wasn't cultured in plays, and so it was at the DeVos Hall. It was, it, it was, it was just not a place that I really wanted to be, partly, um, again, because of that, that disagreement. Um, and the other part is I didn't understand what was going on. I really didn't know what was going on. I'm like, what's happening here? It's dark and gloomy. Um, you know, it was, it was just, just I did, it didn't make sense. I never read the book, never read the cliff notes, never watched the movie. And so I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here. The play ends. Light comes on. I'm like, I'm free in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so I thought. <laughs> First thing, I didn't understand much of that play. So when it ended, I was even more confused. <laughs> and as we're about to leave, Emily says, where are you going? I said, huh? She goes, it's only intermission. That was another miserable moment for me. I'm telling you, it was, it was rotten. We remember that. And uh, so, but somehow something changed. After that tension and our little arguing that we were having, being disappointed that I had to watch another two hours of this misery, <laughs> the first act, which was dark and gloomy, a bit confusing and hard to follow, led to the second act, which brought much needed change, especially in my attitude. The act, two was actually more hopeful. The scenery changed, the wardrobe changed, the narrative changed. Even though it started dark and gloomy and confusing, it ended with hope. Yeah. And miraculously, I left that play Wanting to go see another play. Les Mis, the miserable ones. See, let me just say it this way. Your journey, your life, your current situation, the ending will surprise you. In God's kingdom, the ending is always good. Say always good. Always good. And better than good. But before the ending of the play we call life for the season we're in, God is working right now behind the scenes, changing the setting, changing the wardrobe, changing our hearts, and introducing even new people, new stories, new life. Something great is coming. 
Don't get too excited. How about this? Steak and eggs. <laughs> Something great is coming. I believe there's a great revival on the way. A great awakening. But I'm going to say this. A greater awareness of God. See, revival is when God renews the life of his people spiritually, and then it spreads throughout society. And spiritual revival happens when God's people begin to cry out to him for help. It happens when hearts become humble, tender, and broken. Anybody feeling a little humble, tender, and broken these days? <laughs> Just me? See, the, the brokenness is so good because brokenness, the Bible says, uh, it means that we get close to God. God is close to the brokenhearted. Amen? Now, I realize we can't orchestrate widespread, far-reaching revivals like I'm talking about. That's God's work. But we can start the process by turning wholeheartedly to God, crying out with an authentic confession and real repentance. Those are big church words, but they're very important. Turning wholeheartedly to God and authentic communication with real repentance. The word revival is the word kaya, which means to bring back to life or to restore to pre, a previous condition. And I believe we're in the last days. God is coming soon. I'm not talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about an, a, a glory of God that's coming, of the, the awareness of God like we've never experienced before. To bring his church back to life. <laughs> The author of Hebrews was looking forward to a time when God would move in this mighty way. In Hebrews 10, 36 to 37, said, patient endurance is what you need now. There's don't give up. So that you'll continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised, which is good. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. Not delay. Amen? Amen. God is coming with a revival that will be greater than we've ever seen on this earth in history. You guys with me? And he's coming no matter what. Now, now, now please hear this. Jesus, like, Jesus is on a mission, not just to come again, but he's coming back for a bride. We're a bride. He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Because I know this, life, life, the enemy, circumstances will put a lot of spots and wrinkles on us, Right? Sometimes, and if we let those spots and wrinkles stay, if we don't let God help us and refresh us, well, then we can walk through life focusing on those spots and wrinkles. When God wants us to focus on the blood of Jesus, what, 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 what Joe was saying, it's, it's already finished. Before you woke up, it's finished. It's finished. He wants us to focus on, on, on what he's done, the finished work of Jesus, right? So, but he's coming. He's coming no matter what. And it reminded me, when, when I say he's coming no matter what, it reminded me of the, the tsunami that hit the uh, Indonesian coast years ago. And uh, it was devastating, obviously. Um, but there was one story of a guy who uh, was caught out at the tsunami. And the tsunami was, was building. And he thought to himself, if I let this thing carry me in, it's going to destroy me and my boat. So he actually went towards the tsunami and he got on top of it and rode it into shore, into safety. In other words, we can work against the wave, we can fight against it, or we can flow with it. 
God is compelling us to work with his plan, not against it. And the Bible says in the last days, the earth will be filled with an awareness of God's glory. See, don't you have people in your life right now that need God? Don't, aren't you praying for people right now? Don't you know coworkers or friends that say, man, I just wish they would have a greater awareness and experience with God? See, if you're not, something's wrong. Like, we gotta have some people, family members, right? Again, friends that we like, man, if they, I've been trying so hard. Listen, pray for the God's glory. Pray for that awareness to show up in their life. It usually happens when we pray for an awareness of God's glory in someone's life or our own life, well, then a shaking happens, right? Shakes things up. You feel like your life has been shaken? That's actually a really good thing. It's a good thing. That means that a greater awareness of him has come to your life. The rumblings and shakings in life are preparing us for that moment of God's glory so that we will be ready and not surprised to be prepared but not scared, right? So let's embrace God, that God shakes in our lives. This is what you need to know about God shaking. Don't forget his character. Don't forget his love, especially when those times hit. Especially when we say, man, these things aren't making sense. Because everything he does is through his love. Or anything that happens in life, God's going to work it for our good and his glory. Do you believe that? See, it's hard to know that when you're going through such a tough time, right? It's hard to know, hard to see everything that's going on. We don't. We're not God. But you just need to know that by faith, that whatever you go through in life, God is going to turn it for your good and his glory. There's that word glory, his splendor. But don't forget his character. Don't forget his love. We see his love that changes, changes things through the Bible, changes leaders in the Bible. I think of one, his name was Elijah. Great leader for God, but found himself in the end at a, at a, in a cave wanting to just give up. Here he was just, he was directionless. He was, um, he was confused after being attacked. Listen to this. Being attacked by an enemy, he was then struggling with direction. You know, that's a, a lot of people these days, right? You know people who are struggling because they've been under attack, maybe by People or by an enemy. They've been under attack. But, but listen, God has a plan. So he brings Elijah to a cave. Great leader. And all of a sudden, God passes through with a wind and an earthquake, right? It's like he's, he's shown him his power, but he ends with what? A still, small voice. God is saying, listen, every time you're going through something in life, Hear the still, small voice saying, I'm here. I love you. I love you. I'm here. I love you. I'm here. I love you. That's the voice we got to hear. So when the shaking happens in your life, don't forget God's character, his love. God has great purpose. He's doing something in our hearts, our lives. And the outcome, the ending, will result in a blessing. And the Lord's shaking is coming, listen, to test our hearts. The shaking in life will reveal what's in the heart. Again, this is necessary to shake off the things that are not of God, the things that oppose God, right? So that we can move more freely, more joyfully, and live more peacefully. The greatest advertisement for Jesus is this. Yeah. Come along with the 
happiness. <laughs> right? Happy, joyful, happy, peace. Right? It's the greatest advertisement. Listen, that doesn't mean you got to smile all the time. I, got, I, don't, I don't have a smile like Emily. It takes work to smile. Like, i got to get that thing going. But I got joy and peace in my eyes. You come look in my eyes anytime. Come and look in my eyes. Come and look in my eyes. You'll find peace and joy. You'll find it there. You will. Right? Even in my toughest day, you're going to find some peace and joy in these eyes. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So God is also shaking things so that our foundation will be firmly established and you'll be able to handle the new levels of faith, new levels of glory, new levels of love, new levels of ministry. I hope you hear this today. Because if you think the time that you're going through has no purpose, I'm telling you right now, God has great purpose right now through your pain. Because you might be thinking, God, Dan, why God? And Dan, why am I going through all this stuff? Why is this stuff happening to me? He said last week, your troubling story is actually producing God's glory. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Look at that. Do you hear that? They're small and won't last very long. They're small. Now, let me tell you something. When you're, when you're going through trouble, it's big. Every trouble that I have, but what God is saying, listen, don't worry I got your trouble. Your troubles are not too big for me. In, in comparison to God, they're small. He can handle them. Now you, I guarantee you, when you're going through trouble, it's big. It seems like the whole world is surrounding you. True? They won't last for long. In other words, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It will. I promise you it will. Here we go. Yet those troubles, verse 17, yet they produce... 2 Corinthians 4, 17, yet they produce for us a glory, there's that word, that vastly outweighs them and lasts forever. Here's what I know about people and Christianity. If you want to come talk to me or I want to, whatever, give me the goods. Don't give me something that you know in your head. Give me something that shows me you went through a fire or you went through a, you went through a trial or give me that thing. Give me, the, give me the substance. Give me the thing that lasts forever. Give me, give me your trouble and pain that God got you through. I want that. I don't want something that you heard about from Stephen Furtick or even Pastor Dan. Give me your story that gives God his glory that was something that is now substance that lasts forever. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We all have it. Yes. We all have it. Your troubling story produces God's glory. And the, the present trouble is designed to bring us to complete and total dependence on God. Amen? Yeah. Can we say that in church? That's really the whole motive, right? Complete and total dependence on God. Yeah. Like when the shaking happens... We try to grab for everything that we can to <laughs> cling to. And God says, no, no, just cling to me. Let go of that stuff. David gave us 150 psalms. And most of them came out of trouble. But this trouble produced a great awareness of God, his glory, songs that keep us praying, that keep us praising, that keep us locked into God. David, wherever you're at, thank you 
Thank you, David, for not giving up. I'm not, you're over there, I'm not sure yet. David, David, thank you so much for persevering. David, thank you so much for facing that Goliath and seeing that Goliath go down. Thank you so much for, for, for just walking with integrity. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable about your own mistakes. Thank you for getting through your troubles. Because now we got 150 psalms that are treasures. See, we all have a psalm. You know, I wrote my own psalm once. I was going through something really tough, Reese, really tough. Oh, man. One of the times. And I said, I'm going to write a psalm. And what came out of my gut was a psalm. Psalm 1. Dan was going, Dan was under attack, blah, 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 like David was. And I, you know what the psalm came from? My gut. I can go back and read that psalm, and it, it is... It is so powerful to me. Now I, know what, now I know what David was thinking when he went through tough times because God was actually producing treasure from his trouble. So back to this, script, this shaking scripture, and I'll get you on your way one last time. Because let me show you how this whole thing ends. Haggai 2, 6 through 9, because something great is coming. Say, something great is coming. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I'll again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. That's what is spiritual and physical. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. And in this place... I will bring peace. I know that looks like a war is breaking out, but what I see is treasure coming forth. I see treasure. You know, the war is not against you. The war is against the enemy that's been trying to afflict you. That's what, God's coming against his enemy. I I can't go in this direction. There's another message, but I don't want to go there, but um, I believe the second act has begun, my friends. But the ending is going to be amazing. It's trying to give you hope. Do you know this word's a prophetic message? It's not here yet. It's, it's, it's happening, though. If you open up your eyes, uh, uh, you know, last week got a, met, a, met a, a precious young lady, came here for the first time, um, and, uh, man, she's going through it. She is going through her trouble right now. She's in the middle of it. She's in the middle of it. But yet God speaks to her and, and, and brings her. We get to pray with her talk with her and pray with her. We're, we're encouraged by her faith. But it's happening right now. It's happening. Yeah, I don't like the shaking. I don't like going through stuff like that. But I'm telling you something. God has great purpose. Let me show you what's, let me show you how this ends. God shakes us to rescue us. He shakes us to rescue. Say, he shakes us Amen. to rescue us. That's always the mission of God, to rescue That's what our brave soldiers have done throughout history. That is what our firefighters do, first responders, law enforcement, our healthcare workers, and the list goes on and on. The heart to rescue people, it comes from God and clearly comes from Jesus. He came to seek and save the lost. So Haggai expresses it this way, 100 years before, hundreds of years before, Haggai 2.7, I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. What are the treasures? 
people. Say people. People are God's treasures. And those treasures will be uncovered with the shaking. I can't tell you how their life will be shaken, but the result will be this. Hosea 11, 11, Like a flock of birds of attack, and I'll bring them home again, says the Lord. Come on. That's revival. The return of God's treasures, God's people. He shakes us to rescue us, and he shakes us to free us. Freedom is at the top of God's priority list. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, right? That's what he's come to do. And sometimes we need God to shake up our lives because, listen, we can be trapped and not even know it, but deep down we know it. I love this moment when God shows up with a miracle when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, beaten just for preaching the gospel. They didn't get down. They didn't give up. They started singing and praying. And look what happened in Acts 16, 26. Suddenly, say suddenly. How many need a suddenly? Come on, a suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Amen? Sometimes God must get to the foundation to free us, right? God must shake off the thing. Listen, even the person that we've allowed to prop up our life. Do you know that we're really good at that? We're really good at allowing things to come in between our relationship with God and become the thing that props up our life and all of a sudden God shakes, that thing's gone. You're like, oh no, who am I? My money's gone. My job's, like, you know what I'm saying? So God in his love says, you know what, hey, I, what I've known this about God is he's just trying to, he's just trying to get me with him. <laughs> That's it. Try to eliminate all the things that come between me and him must be a lifelong process. It's like when Emily and I first got married, you know, we realized that we both had baggage. Maybe that's just the way it is. And over the years, well, one big old piece of Samsonite gone, another piece gone, a few purses gone, amen. <laughs> no, we got tons of those, man. They'll just keep coming. Because they're an accessory. They're an accessory. Shoes are an accessory. I'm an accessory. You know, so I master. Listen, I master today. I'm an accessory. That's that's the that's the theory. That's a conspiracy. I'm telling you, it's true. The foundations of the prison were shaken. Maybe your job is shaky right now. Maybe a treasured relationship is shifting. Maybe a health crisis has arrived. Have you found yourself on shaky ground? If you're trapped in worry or fear, anxiety, God wants you free. God always wants us to live in freedom. So let God shake you to free you. So instead of allowing this shaking, this earthquake in your life to create distance between you and God, listen, let it be a time of reflection. I'll tell you, there's been some shakings in my life I'll be honest. Can I be honest? Well, I shook my fist at God. Why? Why? I'm serving you. Why? Right? And if I'm not careful, another fist might come up. And you know, God, God knows he doesn't want to rumble with me. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. 
And God's like, you know, God can handle it. He can handle this, but he doesn't want this. He just wants, he said, Dan, come on my lap, man. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm working things out. So don't let your crisis, your shaking, bring distance between you and God. Take a moment of reflection and ask God, what prison can this earthquake free me from? Tell me, God. He shakes us to free us, and he shakes us to reveal us. The second act is the great reveal. Like I said before, new scenes, new relationships, new ministry, new life. Now, let me just say this. Not everybody's going through a difficult time at the same time. I noticed that, like, our marriage has been so good for one, one reason. If she's having a bad day, <clears throat> good chance I'm not. When I'm having a bad day, good chance she's not. Now, when we're both having a bad day, those are rough days. But praise God, he gives us marriage <clears throat> because he knows how that works, personalities that, that we can actually um, build each other up, lift each other up. So I'm saying, in this, in the, you may have gone through your shaking last week, last month, last year. Praise God. Somebody else may be going through it. Yes. When, you, when you get along them, when, when, you, when you get in their life, encourage them with these words. Oh, God's going God's to rescue you. God, God, is, God is freeing you right now, right? Explain to them what's happening. And God is revealing you. What does that mean? That means that, 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 that uh, God is uncovering the treasure. Yeah. If you have noticed this, when human beings start digging, we tend to see the garbage. And, we, we, and, and by the way, we're really good at digging into other people's lives. When God says, I don't, that's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? But when we dig into other people's lives, we always get in trouble, right? But we tend to find the trash. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. So that's what, right? We can do that, right? It's not God. It's never God. Take the plank out of your own eye for removing somebody else. Can we, can we say that in church? But when God digs, he finds gold. He just pushes that trash with all that mistakes, all that stuff aside because he's looking for one thing, the gold in you, the silver in you. Romans 8, 19 for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day. Listen, when God will reveal who his children really are. I believe I'm standing in front of God's children today. You wouldn't be here if you were, if you were you're God's children, right? So we're, we're being revealed. But there's more to come. Hello. They're coming. They're coming in. So Haggai says it this way in Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine the gold is mine. Oh, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Silver and gold. Say silver and gold. Silver and gold. But say it this way, sons and daughters. Yeah. Sons and daughters. He's talking about sons and daughters. Yeah. There's something very special and life-changing when you hear God call you his son or daughter. You feel loved. Because the truth is, everyone has a name, but not everyone knows they're loved. Right? So God shows you how much he loves you by calling you his, his silver, his gold, his son, his daughter. Maybe you're in the midst of one of these situations right now. You're tempted to think that God has forgotten you or that he's upset with you. Nothing could be further from the truth. Troubles will come, Jesus said, but God loves you. Say, troubles will come, but God loves me. Say, troubles will come, but Jesus loves me. 
He's not angry with you. That's the common scheme of the enemy, to make us believe that God has abandoned us in our time of need, that he doesn't care, that God doesn't love. That is a lie. Here's the truth. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Come on. How about this one, Isaiah 41.10? Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God doesn't lie. What he says he's going to do, he's going to do. So many promises like this that convince us that God loves us to the very end. We are his silver, we are his gold, his sons and daughters revealed out of the shaking, his treasure uncovered with great purpose. Not just to be looked at or admired, but we got some work to do, my friends. Oh, I hope you're not getting bored with this. This is good. We got work to do, right? We are a part of the harvest. We, we, we are, we are uh, the light of the world, right? We're, we're, a, we're a light on a, a, a city on a hill. That's who we are. But not just to be looked at. We got purpose. See, because gold and silver are useful. They get into people's lives, traveling from city to city, buying and selling, building family, uncovering destiny. In other words, God is mining for gold for purpose, Love the story I read the other day. A man has been mining in Arkansas for the last five years to find enough gold to make a wedding band for his fiance. If that doesn't make me look bad, <clears throat> I bought mine. I did, I did design it, which is really cool. <clears throat> um, but I remember the moment that I proposed for Emily. It was very awkward. I'm not a very romantic guy, but, but I, I, I said, so I went, I went to her place after work, and I, I had the ring, but I couldn't put it in my pocket because she probably would have saw it or something right there, so I had to stuck it in my shirt down here. And I, I kind of went up to her, and I said, hey, how you doing? And I dropped down on my knee, and I stuck my hand in my shirt in between the buttons, but I couldn't get it back out because the ring box was too big, and I'm <laughs> yanking it like this. Remember that? And she was looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know unbutton the shirt, no, and then I pulled it out, and that was that, but this guy, man, he's been panning for gold for five years to make the wedding band for his fiance, and guess what? He did it. He found enough gold. His eighth grade dream finally came true, but he thought the gold wasn't enough. He really wanted to make it special, so he thought, I need a diamond, and what he thought, I'm going to go ahead and start digging again. I'm going to start sifting through this stuff. The odds were stacked against him. It seemed impossible to uncover it, but just a week ago, one week ago, he found a 2.2 carat diamond. He was so amazed, so overwhelmed that he was shaking and could not even pull it from the tray. So he had his buddy grab it for him. His dream, his hard work was rewarded with something even better. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up because God is digging for gold. You will be amazed at what he finds in your life. And all of a sudden, you come out of the fiery trial. You come out of that that overwhelming experience. You'd be like, oh, now I get it. I, I couldn't see it while I was in it, but now I get that God was pulling something out of me. 
He shakes us to reveal us the sons and daughters, people that were lost. See, when he shakes the world, the people that were lost, rebellious, religious, all the rascals like me, will be revealed and restored because they're God's treasure. And lastly, he shakes us to reward us. God is a rewarder. I'm not talking about something money can buy. What God's going to reward us is with peace. I say shalom in the home. For those of us, we've all lived in families, right? We've, we've, we've been in moments, unless you had a perfect family, never had any problems in your home, right? All, at peace all the time. Not us. We've had times when, you know, we, we've had to, we've had to, pray through some stuff and we've had to repent or humble ourselves but when you get the peace the shalom in the home money can't buy that you can't put a price tag on it when you get a peace that passes understanding that guards your heart and mind you can't put a price tag on peace you know what I'm talking about I mean, peace in your marriage, peace in your finances, peace for the future, peace in the present, peace for the past, right? Shalom in the home. Shalom in the home. Haggai 2.9. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. And in this place, I will bring peace. I guarantee you, in the middle of a shaking, you think, that's not even possible. But I'll tell you right now, all things are possible with God. You might as well, you might as well just start preparing yourself for that day of peace that's coming in your marriage, your family, all the things that you're believing for, I promise you. Incomparable, you can't measure it. You can't put a price tag on it. Well, how do you get there? Right here, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This is how you get that peace. It says, Paul said, don't worry about anything. Say anything. Oh, but God, can't I just worry about that? This thing's way too big. There's no way that I can't not worry about that. It's not even right grammatically. There's no way I have to worry about that. He says, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Instead, pray about everything. Sometimes we just don't give him that one thing. No, I want to worry about this because if I worry about it, I can go to my group and we can talk about it, worry about it together. We can get all flustered about it. No, no, no. Get, stay out of that group for one thing. Um, but <clears throat> pray about everything. Listen, tell God what you need. This is where people, people miss it. Just tell God what you need. God wants to move in your circle. Just tell him what you need. You know, God wants to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He wants to supply your needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because I have everything I need. What's your need? Tell him. And listen, thank him for all he has done. Shalom means this as we finish. Matter of fact, put your, put your hand over your soul. I'll put this in your chest, your heart, your soul. This is what, this is what shalom means. Wholeness, all. Security health, tranquility, success, comfort, friendship, happiness, contentment. Lord, that's the kind of peace that we need right now in our lives. God wants to reward 
your home with shalom. Shalom in your family again, every part of your life. So what are we going to do? We're going to finish this moment by singing that chorus a couple times. If you can stand, go ahead. I know you've been sitting for a while. Just, just stand for a moment. I really want to, I want to sing this because I want to tell God I trust you in the shaking, but I want to tr- tell you, God, I honor you in the shaking. I honor you, God. I trust you, but I honor you, Lord. I honor you. So let's honor him. Right? Lift up your hands again one more time. This is all good. We can do this in church. Lord, we come to you right now, and we, we recognize in this series that either we went through a shaking, we're going through a shaking, or maybe we will go through hearts. God, it's in it. God, you have my life. You have everything about me, God, my hearts. God, it's yours. I'm yours, God, right now. I don't want anything between you and me. You are my firm foundation, my cornerstone, God. I trust in you and you alone, God. I'm hidden under the shelter of your wings, God. And I declare that today, God, in Jesus' name. And as I sing this, Lord, as you're seated at the right hand of the Father Jesus, and Father, you're on your throne, and the Holy Spirit's here, I want you to know, God, that this worship, I want it to go to you as a declaration, as a vow that I make to you right now, God, that, that, that you are my God, and I'm going to trust you and completely trust you in the middle of whatever I go through in life, God. You are my King, in Jesus' name. singing a song from my head. I'm singing a song from my gut because I believe right now, even though I've been through it and I'm going through it, I'm going to go through it, God. There's a substance in me. There's a knowing, God, that you are my God and I'm going to trust you, God, in the middle of it right now in Jesus' name. Let's sing that out with everything that we have. We'll finish here today. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Let's shout it out. How great, come on, tell them, is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Yeah, give a praise. You're great, God. We love you. We thank you, God, that you're working things out for our good and your glory. We believe, we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. 
head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.